0: You're just too good to be true, can't take my eyes off of you. Well shake it up baby, shake it up baby. baby, twist and shout, twist and shout. These eyes, watched you bring my world
1: to an end.
0: There is none so blind as he who will not see.
2: Christian Carguy Radio Show.
1: I say this calls for action and now.
0: Every
2: eye that passes by, you know the world gets a little bit old.
0: Realize that beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder.
2: Beauty is in the eye of the beholder with a twist today on the Christian Car Guy Show. (laughs) Yes. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder with a twist. Have you ever noticed, I sure have, that my kids are the cutest? (laughs) My grandkids are even cuter. Or as it turns out, my dog is the most outstanding beauty of his breed. I've never seen another dog that looked as good that happened to be of that breed. Or for some strange reason, Old Red, my 1995 Dodge Dakota is the most beautiful Dodge Dakota I've ever seen. Further, my house stands out as a spectacular version of its design, the nicest one I've ever seen, or best yet, my wife. Let me tell you, when you look up beautiful woman in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure that's a picture of her, right?
1: (laughs) No, I've got to disagree with you on that one, Rob.
2: (laughs) But you could stare and smile and look in her eyes for eternity. I'm just saying are you saying it's your wife, Bill?
1: Yes, yes, uh, and your wife's right there the next page.
2: <laughs> so, and, and the interesting thing about what I just described is it truly is not, I'm not exaggerating. I literally see it that way. I, when I look at my grandkids, I can't imagine that they could look any better. I mean, it appears that these are facts. So no doubt there is something rigged in my brain. Now it's the other people that you you got a question. There you go. A twist, if you will, where I view things through my emotions, my affections. So deep down, I suspect that other things are as equally beautiful, just what you described. But I'm not seeing the light, literally. So why is that? Or worse, why do I have some relatives that literally can spot a strip club from miles away, or up.
1: <laughs> critically, I assume you mean that because they they want to pray for those poor people. No, inside no,
2: building. I I have seen him do it, or in a honky tonk, it's like, look at that over there, Robbie. And I have another relative. I don't know how he can do it. He could find a drug dealer <laughs> that. I mean, you could put him in another town four hundred miles away, and he would find one within hours. It's just they have an uncanny ability to see things. So it's an interesting thing that Jesus taught in Luke eleven thirty four. And when you read that in the King James Version, it's really got kind of a different twist on it, if you would, that I had never seen before until this week. It says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, the whole body is also full of light. But when thine eye is evil, then thy body is also full of darkness. Well, see, that word single appears to me to be a key to the passage, but what does single vision mean? So I started thinking about that and studying that. And and actually, as you may know me, I love the Song of Solomon. And and many, many, many times in that book, specifically in the first chapter, verse 15, the Jesus character in the Song of Solomon, the the lover, the man who's chasing after the bride, his bride, the church, he says that she has the eyes of, of doves. I mean, you think about, and I've read a beautiful article on how dove eyes are not like human eyes, and that they don't, they don't have muscles that can move their eyes. So when they see something, their eyes kind of stuck on it. And since doves mate for life, right? They are always seeing. You know, they have single vision. They're, you know, you you kind of get that. But also very cool if you look in the Hebrew. The root word for dove and wine are the same word, which means effervescent. So, have you ever noticed that the people that you love, if you look into their eyes, they're intoxicating? I'm just saying, it just looks that way. And if you also think about this, as we're just talking about dove eyes, that doves are the only animals on earth that can't get lost. See, Doves and pigeons are actually the same species, and as you may recall, what did Noah set out with to come back with an olive branch? Or what do you do with pasture? I mean, they sent notes back and forth, because from what I understand, you can take a dove or a pigeon 11,000 miles away and just drop it off. It will find its way home. So think about that doves are always an image of peace. What peace is it that you always know your way home? Why do they have eyes to see that? And very cool, shalom in Hebrew, sometimes people translate it as healthy. And also, when that word that was translated single in the King James Version is also usually translated in the NIV or the ESV or whatever, you'll see they use the word healthy. But the Greek word is hapless, or H-A-P-L-O-U-S. My Greek is not very good, so how to speak it anyway. So I began to really look into this word. Because it must be the secret to having good sight. And sight's critical to a car person. Believe me, it's critical to everybody. But the Holy Spirit took me really deep into this with the twist. Because here's the thing. Help us, it comes from two words, one of which is alpha. And the other one is a word that is P-L-E-K-O. That's the root of the word that is, you know, Jesus used to describe single. But curiously, that word placo is only used three times in the Bible, and each time it's the twisting or twining together of the crown of thorns. So the word <laughs> that makes up this word single is actually a number of things being twisted together to make one. So that really sent me on an interesting journey because I remembered from my previous show that I did where we talked about twisting that kava, the Hebrew word for twist, means gathering together. It's used in Genesis when God gathered the waters together. And there's also the word wait. When you wait on wings like eagle, you know, you're going to rise up on wings like eagle, like um, Isaiah brought out. So now, think about this. This kava, this twisting together, this making one out of three strands, if you will. I've got a beautiful video, by the way, at christiancarguy.com. If you look on this, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder post I made this morning, you'll see a picture of making rope and what that looks like when you take all these things, twine them together, and make a rope. Which is, again, kava, or this help us get the idea of taking many things and making it one. Now, Consider with me a minute your eye and that it is connected to your brain with a lot of nerves. (laughs) And those nerves are fibers. They're they're twisted together so that you can see. And if you were to look at a nerve, which I've got a picture at ChristianCarGuy.com of the nerves coming off your eye, they crisscross, and there's all sorts of things that are going on in your head so that you can see. But it all comes together as one image for you. And? Interestingly, we talked about the crown of thorns being twisted together. I don't know if you've ever considered this, but as Abraham was about to slay his son Isaac in Genesis, right, he all of a sudden sees something he hadn't seen before, right? He's about to slay Isaac, and all of a sudden, after God says, don't strike him, then all of a sudden, he sees this ram, and it happens to be caught in what? A thicket, which is a twisting together of thorns. So, the lamb or the ram also had a crown of thorns on its head. Now, that's an interesting twist of fate. But the question that Bill brought out earlier today, and I think it's a great question, is why didn't Abraham see that ram until the moment he saw it? Because obviously it must, you know, it didn't just show up there, it, it didn't get caught there right that second and it had been there. But he didn't have eyes to see it until the Lord kind of gave him eyes to see it and so it undoubtedly was a very beautiful thing for him as is the crown of thorns for those who understand what jesus did for us on the cross that without that crown of thorns right i would still be stuck in my sin and i would have no vision or no ability to see the things that god has shown me on this whole thing now you may wonder robbie where's all this going well here's where i'm I'm, i think the application is for me anyway is that if you have eyes to see it, all these things are twisting together, sort of like Romans 8.28, right? All things come together for those who are called according to his purpose, if you have eyes to see it. So what I'm hoping you'll call in today and share is when did you see something that all of a sudden showed up that maybe you hadn't seen before, like Abraham, and oh my goodness, it was almost holy. It was unbelievable. But you were given eyes to see it. 866-3487884. We got a lot more. Christian Cargack come up. Every eye that passes by. You know the world gets a little bit older. It's time to realize
0: that beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder.
2: Beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder with a twist today on the Christian Car Guy show. And so, you know, as you heard through our introduction, we're kind of searching for those stories today where you saw that God gave you eyes to see something that you had not seen before and all of a sudden you realized that, oh my goodness, like Abraham, he has provided you a ram in the thicket. And you saw the twist and you realized that things were all coming together, Romans eight twenty-eight, for you know, those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So, uh interestingly, at this point in my life, my father's in hospice care. And you know, you've heard me talk about it and Bill, you you know, a month ago you did the show for me because he had gotten really sick and he's at the point now where unfortunately he he hasn't Gotten out of bed or even sat up in about three weeks, and he no longer can take in food, and and hospice is in there, and and in literally almost any day, and I see all this suffering, and I am trying to see the light of, the, you know, of of what's really going on, and you know, honestly, my wife really is struggling, really struggling with losing him, but I almost think that the suffering. As I see it, it is a way for us to see how much better heaven is than what he's experiencing now. And, you know, actually looking forward to his home going rather than watching him suffer in bed just this morning. You know, I, you know, he was grimacing in pain and, you know, you, you see that. So, as I was describing that story to my friend Bill, Bill shared something where you got a chance to see. And I would love for you to share that story of your own father and and how God let you see something else.
1: Well, my father had melanoma, and they said to him that you've got six months to live. And he had three years, and he had one year that was just really great and one year that was fairly great. And then the last year was just absolutely awful. And this was a guy that played football um, for Navy, and he played football for East Carolina, real tough. But when it got to the point where somebody else was having to take care of all the things that you've got to take care of a bedridden person, I understand his personality changed. And one of the most difficult parts of my life was my mother basically said that it was enough dealing with him. She didn't need anybody else around the house. And I was not welcome to come. So rather, rather long drive to get there. And I I really, really zapped me in a lot of different ways. And I had a lot of anger and frustration and sorrow, and many years later, I was an um, elder at church, and I the thing I really struggled with the most being an elder was going into the hospital and trying to figure out when to leave. You know, if you've ever visited somebody, you really don't know that well in the hospital. that So... I told God that morning, this day's yours. You just tell me what I got. All these things I really need to be doing. But I'm going to put you first. (laughs) But I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done. And I pull into Forsyth Hospital. And you can park with a 30-minute wait at Forsyth, or walk at Forsyth. So I pull in, and I see this perfect parking spot right in the front. And there are three cars in front of me. And I'm praying, and I'm thinking, you know, I should go left and just go to park in the very back because that's where I'm going to end up anyway. But the first car passes the perfect parking spot, so I head that way, and the second car passes, and I get the perfect parking spot. And I walk in, and I go to the front desk, and I said, these are the four people I need to come see. And they said, well, you know, three of these people checked out last night. Now, I had to clarify it. They checked out in a good way. And I went up and talked to this one member that I don't think I'd ever met before. She hadn't been ambulatory for a long time and for diabetes, had to take part off. And I went up to see her, and we prayed. And about the time I was thinking, how long do I stay? Her family came in, and I said, you know, this is an answered prayer, because that's just the perfect time to head on out. My daughter had a best friend whose father was going through cancer, and he had a golf ball size growth in his head and they would zap it like a microwave they had his head in a what they called a halo and i just decided i was going to go down and introduce myself and i ended up in a part of the hospital you're not even supposed to be able to get in unless you're your family and um i'm sitting there and i met one of my best friends ever uh brian was there and we started talking and we had all these which was the man
2: that was ill? brian ended up being one of your best friends
1: one of my best friends, and um we had just a wonderful time and i started coming back and seeing him daily and you know, I, I was praying he's one of the first people he was the first person i led to christ and we just hit it off he he would have convulsions like a charlie horse throughout the entire body and um you, you know, being a caregiver can just be so tough his wife was just a rock, but having to to, to try to take care of him at home. So I would spend three, four days a week, a couple hours a day um, with him, and then once a week I'd spend the night so his wife could sort of recharge. And uh, for a year I got to, to help take care of Brian. And I realized through that process that that was God helping me deal with the fact that I wasn't able, I wasn't allowed, I wasn't permitted to to help my father go through what he he went through. Um, A lot of times in my jail ministry, I will tell the guys that I really think that one of the lessons Jesus tries to teach us is if we're open to do what God tells us to do, that our hearing is so much better than if we're not going to do what god tells us to do and it's not that god's not talking to us it's that if we're not willing to do it we don't tune into that wavelength and i tell him the story about my son who i could yell downstairs and say matthew did you take the trash out and matthew's head would just bob around and he i'd say matthew did you take the? yeah and it's like he just could not hear me And then I could close the door and ask my wife, did you get that chocolate ice cream that Matthew likes? And his hearing when it comes to chocolate ice cream is astronomically better than his (laughs) hearing when it comes to taking the trash out. And I think that's a basic principle that Jesus meant when he says you don't get because you don't ask.
2: And what are you looking for? And so we would love your story, where all of a sudden you were given eyes to see... Maybe ears to hear 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear your story. 866-34-TRUTH. You're just
0: too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. Pardon the way that I stare. There's nothing else.
2: Beauty is in the eye of the beholder with a twist. Today on the Christian Car Guy show, I <laughs> have fun putting that that stuff together, Bill. I really do. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder with a twist. If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, I really have a what I think is a, a wonderful picture because it has a woman holding all these bees, and you may know that you know when you're holding bees, you've got beauty in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a dove with a crown of thorns, you know, with this. It's just, it's a, it's a neat thing. I wrote out all the, the, the Bible verses and stuff that I put together to try to, you know, take you where God took me this week, as far as this topic. But, you know, when you get down to it, what we're looking for, we often find. And and, I I I'm sad to say is the Christian car guy, you know I get a chance to talk to the Jesus Labor Love applicants, you know weekly, and these are folks that are, you know, their car is broken down and they're needing help, and I appreciate the chance to help and pray with them on all those things. And again, all that's Jesus Labor Love at ChristianCarGuy.com, dot com. But often I hear the women go on and on about how this person ripped them off and that person ripped them off, and this person that seemed like everybody that they ever talked to on car repair here. Rip them off, and so I'm not surprised that the next one that they go to, guess what they're looking for. That's, and I and I think about myself now. And I'm, not, I'm pointing one finger, so I can point five back. By the way, um, if I go to Outback and I'm sitting there waiting on a table with my wife, you know, and I I watch the 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 uh, hostess, you know, I'm not thinking I'm looking for a beautiful person right there. I'm looking at something that's aggravating me. And I keep getting more and more aggravated because, and I think. Well, you don't expect to be seated right away, do you, Robbie? I do. Really? Uh, (laughs) But I I was thinking about it. You know, my my daughter really, you know, calls me to, you know, Daddy, why are you getting so anxious, right? She, She, you know. See, she's not nearly as hungry as you are, Robbie. But if I was that young lady's mother, I would see this completely different, like how she's trying to reason through this thing. You know what I'm saying? Is that, wow, I never met a mere mortal, and I wish God would, I I pray God would give me more eyes to see that these people are in their own way, you know, walking through life trying to get it done. And so when you know, to get to the insurance subject because we have Bill and our Christian insurance What you guide.
1: need is to carry a Snickers bar
2: with you. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, by the way, I'm still waiting on the story. Yeah, I know you got a story. You heard Bill's story, you heard mine. I got more. We would love to hear yours. 866-348-7884. When God gave you eyes to see something like the ram in the thicket and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, it appeared, you know, and it just blew you away. So I want you to to think about this with Bill and me, that when you go out to get insurance, car insurance, is your mindset, gee, I need to figure out the best way I can protect my investment in all the different ways that can happen, or is your mindset or what you're looking for is the absolute lowest premium so you can save 15% on your car insurance. You know, what what's what are you really looking to accomplish? And if I am out there trying to find the absolute best price,
0: <clears throat>
2: I may get that, but I may not be looking for the right thing. And so, you know, it, this is a, a matter of prayer and a matter of asking God to give you eyes to see what we could be looking for, right, Bill? Well, you
1: you got to understand, especially when it comes to insurance, you'd spend just a little bit more money and get, 20 times more coverage, and then there are lots of things that you cannot insure that could cost you a great deal. So when you call up and say, I want the very cheapest price I can, then you, know, you can end up with a, a real mess on your hands. And the, the concept is, in insurance, there's some things that will financially cripple you, and if you can take just a little bit of money that you can plan each month you trade that little bit of money you plan each month so that you don't have some huge problem that will just totally upset your entire financial card and we've lost that with all these 1-800 numbers and every time you turn on the tv every every set of 12 commercials between has a you know call us and let us save you money And, you know, if you listen to it properly, if you did it right, since everybody can save you $350 when you call them, you know, just by changing insurance six times, you could have an entire retirement plan. (laughs) But that's not how it works. What it means is that we're going to jack your rates up a whole lot in about two months when we find out about that ticket or that accident that we didn't calculate to begin with, but we snickered you in. When you called.
2: You you must be hungry today. You this is the second time you've mentioned Snickers. Snickers,
1: it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I may snicker about the fact that I said sn- and I don't even like Snickers. <laughs> but I do like that commercial where people change from you know that uh,
2: Yeah, and and it's an amazing thing because I think that obviously, you know some the things change in our in our outlook and all of a sudden our attitude changes and our eyes change. What we see is actually quite different than what we might see. If if we, and I, you know, I was telling you before the show, I'll never, ever forget one day I was selling cars in Charlotte when I was in my late 20s. And it was called a two man up. And we, we were trained early on. You never want to wait on two men together because one guy's always going to try to show off to the other guy. And this won't go good for you because. You know, a man and a woman come in, they're probably going to buy a car. But if two men are coming in, this isn't going to be good. So this is a two-man up, and I'm going out there to wait on them. And maybe it was my, you know, when I knew I was going out there to wait on a two-man up, that this may not be good. good. By the way, an up, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just jump in there and use car slang without explaining. It was you were, your turn, wasn't it, Robbie? Yeah, when a car salesman goes to wait on a customer, they refer to them as an up because it made you get up. <laughs> <laughs> you were sitting there minding your own business, So you went. So, for whatever reason, when I got in the car business, you know, 40 years ago, a, a customer out in the lot was considered an up, and so you go out there. A two-man up would be then somebody that you go to wait on that was two men. So we, I'm on my way out there, and these guys now understand. If you've never met me, that I'm six foot five inches, and I'm not light, so I'm about 250 pounds. I don't think I've ever been referred to as little by many people, but as I walked out there to this two-man up, their, their comment to me was, or one of the guys says, oh, here comes the little salesman. He's going to ask if he can help us.
1: They meant that in a really sweet and loving <laughs> way, I'm sure
2: Robbie. <laughs> and what those guys don't know is I could not remember a single customer I waited on in the entire time I worked at Crown Oldsmobile except that customer. they made such an impression on my little mind you know that 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 felt like how could they just disrespect me like i mean i was just going out there to help them and why would they do that well you know they had whatever experience in their past and now they had this attitude as they went into and they had eyes to see what they were going to you know what that what they wanted to find now what if i knew my son worked at that dealership or I knew that somebody that was God's son, better yet, worked at that dealership, and I was going to walk in. Or when I was going to get service, it's the same kind of thing, you know. If you look for the image of God, you can you can begin to see it, and that's what Abraham saw in the thicket.
1: Well, I wonder if you just said, "Gentlemen, it, it evidently I don't look like I know as much as I." Believe I do. I can find you a, a older, more experienced person to talk to if you'd prefer. And you might have put them in their place. and They might have been stuck buying something funny. <laughs> instead of. Well, then I would have forgotten. You got forgot to tell everybody what you actually did.
2: I'm amazed I didn't get fired. Um, what I actually I couldn't. I couldn't quote on the radio what I actually said to those people. Um, and maybe that's the reason it stuck in my mind. I did not take that statement well. Um, and, you know, it just, it was it was the way I was being treated, disrespected, however that looks. Yeah,
1: probably a dozen other things going on in your life that day, too.
2: Yeah, I, you know. But here's here's the part that's beautiful to me, is that sometimes God gives us eyes to see things. That are unbelievable, and and kind of uh, one of the most beautiful things I ever saw was one night in prayer, and I've told this story a lot, but I think it's so applicable um, to one night I was praying about something. I couldn't even tell you what it was because it's like in a, like that day in the lot. I don't remember much else other than I'm just praying, and all of a sudden, God showed up and when he did he was so it was like i'm a man of unclean lips it just scared me there was something about his presence that night unlike any other night that i've ever prayed that absolutely terrified me to the point where i was like down on my knees saying holy 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 now i'm i'm not saying i didn't want to see him what i'm saying is it just was terrifying to me now what happened to the rest of that story we'll hear when we come back but i'm still dying to hear your story 866 866- Red and yellow,
0: black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Everything is
2: beautiful in its own. A starry night, or a wind. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder with a twist today on the Christian Car Guys show. We would love to hear your story where you got to see something that you just knew was God gave you eyes to see it when you just never knew it was there. So, we would love to hear that. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. 866-34-TRUTH. Again, all this information, the podcast, uh, Jesus, Labor, Love, and I should say Christian Car Guy Theater podcasts are all at com. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get a Christian Car Guy Theater episode done in the month of February because, honestly, I've been so busy With my dad, I didn't have time to write it. So hopefully we will get that done in March. I apologize for people who are waiting for the next installment of that particular series, which I love to do. We love to do. It's at the podcast page at ChristianCarGuy.com Now, And we left our hero, Robbie, I was praying, praying, praying. And I was, you know, God showed up and literally just, it was terrifying to me. And he said, this was Jesus clearly to me was, and he said, Robbie, what do you want? And I was so overwhelmed at his presence this particular time. And, of course, I feel like I've been in Jesus's presence many times. But this particular time, it was just overwhelming. And when he said it, I just went glib. Like, you know, you're talking to a girl in middle school. Like, ba blah, 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 ba. And I said, I want to serve you. And that was very glib that I said that. And when I said it, he said, do you? And he didn't say it sarcastically. But he said it in a way like, do you? And, you know, Bill talking about ears to hear. And when he said that immediately, my eyes started to see things that blew my mind. Like my life was flashing before me. And they were all things that he had asked me to do that I had failed to do. And they were all easy things to do. Like I was supposed to call and ask Bill to go to lunch. I was supposed to meet Frank Fanick over here. I was supposed to write so-and-so a letter or why hadn't I called my mom? It was all person-to-person things that were all just really simple, not like you had to go save the world or lead 20 people to Christ. It was just simple stuff like that. And I was so blown away by how easy it all appeared to be that I I got up and I started writing it all down because it was coming through my mind so fast. Oh, I was supposed to call this guy. I was supposed to do that. And all these people that I was supposed to stay in touch with. It was absolutely amazing, and it was a beautiful picture of repentance because I was really excited that I could still do this stuff because he was putting it on my mind. And so I went and got back into bed after I'd written out all these things that I'd seen, and a bit of time had passed by, and then all of a sudden I started to see, with my own little eyes, his glory, and I don't even know how to describe it other than that it was this unbelievably bright, like your eyes were meant to see this, and when I started to see it, something welled up inside of me like nothing I've ever felt in my entire life. And it was like, you're going to see his face. You're going to see his face. And I was just desperate to see his face. I was, I was, and I woke my wife up, literally. I was like, Tammy, we're going to see her face. And she, she, she kind of ruined the moment for me. Like, are you out of your mind? I said, well, Jesus is here. I'm going to see his face right now. Do you see what I am seeing? Because what I saw was completely real to me. And then as I laid back down after that moment, all of a sudden, he kind of let me know that it was a rhetorical question originally, Robbie, what do you want? And the answer was, I want to see your face. I didn't know I wanted to see his face. But I can assure you I've known ever since then, and I think it's inside each and every one of us that we are desperate to see Jesus' face. And we were meant to see it and our eyes were designed to see it. But oh my, if you could only see it. Well we have Dawn is in Snow Home Yeah, Dawn. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Robbie. I'm gonna try, uh, I can never say it. Snow snow homish.
0: Snow homish, yes, exactly. Wonderful. Anyway, my story is three days before Christmas, my father was dying, and I was in the uh, nursing home, and a little colored nurse came in and says, do your daddy know uh, Jesus? And I said, no, he doesn't. She says, well, do we want to get him into the arms of Jesus? And I said, you bet. So between us, we led my dad to the Lord, and he passed away the day after Christmas. But my dad and I had not had a good relationship until after my stepbrother told his mother that my dad had already passed away so he wouldn't have to bring her to the nursing home. So I had unmolested days with my dad.
2: Wow. And he gave you eyes he, to see, right? He,
0: he, he turned his life over to the Lord three days before Christmas, and the day after Christmas he spent it with the Lord.
2: Wow. You know, I, I that, those are precious days too, aren't they?
0: Yeah, because when I walked out of that nursing home, I was three feet off the ground. <laughs>
2: That is just beautiful. That was what I was hoping somebody would call in and make my day like that today, Dawn. So I am so grateful well, that you're up early there in Washington and, and sharing that with us.
0: I heard I heard your music lead in this morning, and I said, I think Robbie's daddy probably died. But I know he's been on hospice, and it just, it's a sad thing when you see somebody who has been vibrant, all of a sudden, is just yeah. not there.
2: <laughs> but I, I will tell you one really cool thing this morning, Don. As I went in to say goodbye to him, he knew, he's, he said, Son, I really want God to be with you in your broadcasts. And Correct. then he said, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is helping your son. Now, I have a son who also has the name Robbie. <laughs> uh-huh. And my father doesn't talk, you know, he's he's definitely a believer, but it's not like him to speak of God or the Holy Spirit at that time of the morning or whatever. So I was really, really touched that, you know, this morning he had that, that mess, and he was in a lot of pain. Um, he was grimacing in pain as I left, and um, but he wanted to share that with me, and I thought, you know.
0: Well, we went through that type of thing with our daughter before she passed away too. But we had a celebration of life on Good Friday three years ago before she passed when all the family managed to get there except one, and it was just beautiful. They put her bed into a um, room that had been a, um, well, they turned it into a hospice-type room up in Canada, and it it was just a glorious celebration of life, and she was with it enough to see it, and then it, towards the end of the month she passed
2: away. Mm, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, she was only 50. You don't expect to bury your, your own kids.
2: <laughs> no. No, I I really, that's beyond thought, but undoubtedly God gave you some sight to see things, um, and I'm so grateful your courage to call in today and share that with us. Thank you. God bless you, and w- have it a great week. It
0: isn't without tears. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, no, I like the tears. I mean, those are real. That. I mean, who couldn't? So I appreciate it, Don. very much. God bless you.
0: Thank
2: you. Bye. Bill, I'm going to give you the last word since you, you've been writing down over there like you've got notes.
1: Well, I think we've got to realize that we've got a Father in Heaven who loves us, and we've got a big brother who goes to Him when we have... Concerns, And we've got to realize that God wants good things for us that we don't receive sometimes because we don't think God's out there with wonderful gifts for us. But Jesus wants us to know we've got a daddy who cares, plans for us, plans not to harm us, but for hope and a future. So we've got to start the day looking in the mirror, seeing someone who's chosen and holy and dearly loved by our creator.
2: All right. Well, thank you for listening today. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years.